Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I missed you. It's been two two whole weeks without our recording banter. You were traveling. I was traveling. It was busy. The country's unraveling. We're back. We're back. Better than ever. So, we'll start off with some good news before... Everything goes to hell. Although we do have some breaking good news that I'll let you talk about. Um, But it does look like Adam Schiff's Love Boat reunion is coming to a close. Well, at least a temporary hiatus this week. Um, The January 6th Select Committee, uh, after four public hearings that basically no one watched, maybe somewhat tuned into the primetime extravaganza, um, because they were promised, like, Charo was going to be there and, you know, all of the... <laughs> Charo, Oochie Coochie, isn't that what she said? Like, Oochie Coochie! Like... <laughs> they thought maybe Vicky was going to resurface and be oh like, gosh. oh my god, dad, I love you, you know, like... You mean, one, the, that, you mean that, the, the night that it was on every station and you couldn't get away from it? Like, right, people had no choice, like... You had to if watch you, it because if you it was leave on, TV every- on. That was on, like airports. I guess like bars everywhere. There's like no way out, basically. Yeah. Well, that was their only way to fudge the numbers, right? So if you're someone who doesn't have cable, or you know you're trapped somewhere at you know O'Hare and you have nowhere to go except look up at the CNN at the monitor with CNN on it, like that was the only way to fudge the viewership, which they claim. Even in court documents now, prosecutors are saying 20 million people watched you know, the first hearing and et cetera. So, but ever since then, it's gone downhill. Um, So Adam Schiff, excuse me, just like he did in the impeachment hearings, making celebrities out of losers like Alex Vindman and um, who is the wretched Ukrainian ambassador? Yovanovitch. Masha Yovanovitch. Masha. George mm -hmm. Kent. George Kent. Remember that dude? Yes. They all became household names. So you could see, you know, these same actors trying to become, you know, the next Alex Vindman, get some sort of book deal and, you know, have a lot of followers on Twitter. So anyway, no one was really interested. uh, And it's closing up today with testimony from former DOJ officials, Trump DOJ officials. Um, And I guess that they're going to redo this on they're going to do more hearings on um, in July. So for. Anyway, that's over with for now. I don't know where this is headed, though, Liz. What is going to happen now that Adam Schiff's love boat reunion is 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 over? What's his next move? Well, I don't think I mean, we kind of take a step back and figure what what is the purpose of this? Now, I want to confess to our listeners and probably not a surprise to my good friend, Julie, that I not watch one second of this what? shit show. What? Not even one. Not You're a bad American. Half of us, not even half a second, Julie, not even half a second. So I do not know what went on, but I know that I am not alone in not watching half a second. I think I saw some survey today that less than 10% of the American public is paying close attention to this. And so it's important to really remember what is the purpose of this? And some people say, well, the, the Democrats are trying to take the focus off of the terrible economy, this proxy war we Biden has signed us up for, 
the inflation, gas prices, the housing market, all of these like really A-level problems. But I don't think that that's the point of the hearing. There's really nothing you can do to distract people from their own pain, right, as far as their um, pain in renting their house and 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 the cost of, of living a life. You can't distract them from that. Because so, so the purpose of these hearings is to set an example and is to make an example out of anyone who wants to oppose the regime and the status quo. It's really like a warning shot. It's not there to distract, to change the news cycle off of the bad news. It's there to let everybody know if you choose to buck the status quo, we will do, you will be part, you will be made an, you will be part of this. This will happen to you, whether it's with the feds or a congressional hearing and subpoenas. So, you know, that's really what this is. And people need to remember, this is what the Democrats are doing with their power. This is what they are doing. They are using their power and effort and authority to have a political sideshow and not address any of the problems, the kitchen table problems. So that's my, uh, that, that those are my thoughts. Where'd you go? Oh, I'm sorry. So you didn't, you got to put your mic on. I'm sorry. <laughs> you yelling I'm into the wind? I'm just chatting away. Well, I want to make sure no one can hear my dog's barking. Um, so Betsy Woodruff Swan, the Politico reporter who has been covering this story and avoiding many angles of the story, but anyway, admitted to Chuck Todd in an interview this week that the con- Democratic that. congressman she's talking to just don't Nobody. give a don't give a <laughs> shit about this. Well, and, and their constituents don't give a shit. Well, I mean, that's what she was saying. Right. These people, they 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 hardly ever actually come to work. Since the Democrats have controlled the House, most of them don't don't even come to D.C. anymore. Right. They're remote. They just show up on Zoom meetings for their hearings. So they really don't even have an office or come to work. But they're in their districts. Do you think that the people in their districts are talking about this to them? No. And they know it. They know it. I mean, there's political risk involved in being associated with this. You're, they're all up for re-election, the Congress. They're all up for re-election in November. You know, people are going to ask them about actual issues and they'll be like, oh, I'm really busy, you know, hunting down, uh, you know, somebody with a sign that was mad about the election fraud. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, and meanwhile, you have other, um, you know, Adam Schiff toadies like Stephen Colbert's insurrectionists who he helped uh, aid the incursion, infiltration of the Capitol last week. I love this story. Don't you just love the story? I love it whenever we have an opportunity to have like a glaring opposition with the way that two of the same things are treated, but totally different because one is a Republican and one is a Democrat. Like... This story is so glorious. Julie, just summarize for our, our listeners what you're talking about with Stephen Colbert's insurrection. It really is glorious, Liz, because it, as the story now progresses, you just see this huge, huge chasm between how these people are treated and the January 6th or so. Anyway, Stephen Colbert's crew, which, as I explained to Tucker on Monday night, they're not entertainers. They're not media. They're Democratic Party activists disguised as entertainers. Stephen Colbert is a Democrat Party activist, loyalist. His entire show is based on supporting Democrats and going after Trump and Republicans, right? So you're not 
it's not like you're an unbiased source, right? Are you okay? Oh, no, that was my cat. <laughs> she wanted to come in, so I was like trying to throw her out, and she screamed. And now I'm like, our listeners are gonna call PETA because uh, half of our show is just trying to prevent people from hearing our animals. The exact no shit. Okay, I'm sorry. So go ahead. So basically, Stephen Colbert is a pretend talk show, which is really just another activist outlet. Right. I mean, you, he's Rachel Maddow, but he he's Rachel Maddow with a late night show uh, on a network. So the idea that he's just there as an unbiased, oh, we're just taking, so whatever. So they were at the Capitol last week, Wednesday and Thursday. His crew had already been denied press credentials to attend the January 6th select committee hearing last Thursday because they are not media. They went into the hearing room anyway at the Cannon House office building and were tossed out by Capitol Police. They then, I guess, roam through the halls trying to use this stupid dog because that's what you do when you're a real man and you don't have like the guts to try to interview people on your own. You hide behind some puppet with the cigar. So they're roaming through the halls, you know, shoving this puppet in people's face. Anyway, at some point, they're ushered out of the building. They then later enter the Longworth House office building after hours at the behest of uh, now. I guess they were there with Adam Schiff, uh, Adam Schiff's authority on Thursday uh, to go to the Longworth uh, Cannon House office building to try to harass people about this or boost up this committee hearing. Right. So then they leave. Later, they enter the Longworth House office building with this Ocean Schloss representative, Ocean Schloss, whoever that guy is. They go in there and apparently they're just roaming the halls. They averted Capitol Police, unclear if they went through any security measures, which, as you know, Liz, is extremely tight now trying to go into any Capitol building. And they're roaming the halls. Finally, at 830, they're arrested outside of Lauren Boebert's office, a Republican uh, congresswoman who is a huge target of the left. Reportedly, these uh, seven, there's seven or nine, you can't get a straight answer, seven or nine of these crew members who are roaming through the halls, banging on doors really trying to hunt down Bobert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy. They're finally arrested by Capitol Police and only charged with unlawful entry. They're charged, booked, spend a few hours in jail, and get to go home. Huge oh, contrast. Like, like Antifa. They got the Antifa treatment. <laughs> they sure did. Well, at least Antifa's not even arrested. I mean, let's be honest. They're, I mean, half of them are undercover FBI agents anyway, so you don't arrest your own. But So they are allowed to go home. So, of course, this creates huge controversy. What they did, Liz, was far worse than what most people did on January 6th. First of all, most January 6ers went in to the building, were allowed into the building in many vantage points after the joint session of Congress had recessed by about 2.15 that afternoon. A lot of people who entered the building afterwards, they didn't get anywhere close to Republican or Democratic lawmakers. I think a lot of those people didn't know they weren't supposed to be there. You know what I'm like? I well, think when you're led like, into a building and, and chatted up by Capitol Police, not really a clue that you're not supposed to be there. Right. That's I, I mean, I think that a lot of those people had no idea that they that they weren't supposed to be there. They were probably following a crowd like into the building. Nobody was stopping, you know, like. 
Um, I think, and and compare that with people that were there, the Colbert, the Colbert crew, who were there just for for bad things. They're malefactors, right? They weren't really covering it as media. They weren't there to get information. They were there to make like clown jokes for their stupid clown show on TV. Um, well, they really and, were there to harass people too, which. Yeah. They were at a press conference last Wednesday on Capitol Hill by that was held by family members of January 6th detainees, husbands, sons who had been detained in this gulag for over a year awaiting trial to keep getting delayed. They had a press conference on Capitol Hill. Marjorie Taylor Greene was there. Louis Gohmert was there. Andy Biggs, Troy Nelson, the only four Republican congressmen who bothered to show up. Anyway, this idiot with the dog puppet is there. He's right near the face of Cynthia Hughes, who runs this Patriot Freedom Project. Her nephew has been in the D.C. Gulag since last February, February of 2021. Um, And this idiot is like mocking them while they're trying to explain what is happening to their loved ones in this country. And this clown shows up and is mocking them. And harassing them, and you could see him moving this puppet thing while one of, while people are speaking, and two of the women who were in charge of the press conference, you know, like were holding up their shoes, like trying to shoo this idiot, this clown away. So they were there as activists. Okay, they're no different than the freaks who walked to Amy Coney Barrett's house with blood, you know, fake blood by their vajayjays carrying, you know, dead baby dolls. They're a freak show, just like like those people, but they get a slap on the wrist. Now, they aren't even going to be arraigned until July 20th. Who gets arrested and then gets arraigned five weeks later? Democratic Party activists in D.C. Furthermore, all the January 6th cases are before the D.C. District Court, which is a kangaroo court of D.C. insiders. This is going to the D.C. Superior Court. They're going to get a slap on a wrist, little fine, off they go. No gulag for them, no FBI raids at six o'clock in the morning with dozens of armed agents, SWAT vehicles, no one like Brandon Strzok, who was simply outside the Capitol building that day, got hit, was raided by the FBI, spent, what, three nights in jail waiting to get released. That is not going to happen to any of Colbert's insurrectionists. Well, no, it's okay. I mean, it's okay that they're doing this because it's for the right cause. You know what I mean? Like, you are allowed to do these things if it's for the right, right reasons. So, you know, that explains the difference. So the trump who were there on January 6th <laughs> were doing it for the wrong reasons. So they deserve it, right? But of the Stephen Colbert's group of clowns, that clown posse, they were there for the right reasons to make fun of elected officials who should be made fun of. Um, you know, like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. <clears throat> That's OK. Um, Can you, you imagine know, I, Lauren Boebert? Have you seen her? She is as big as my tiny, pinky finger. She's like a little tiny thing. But they don't. I mean, she but she does, would deserve it. You know what I mean? That's the difference. Like, it doesn't matter if she's little. She's like a little thing. It just matters that she deserves it. And so, you know, just like Amy Coney Barrett deserves having people do what I only can describe as like a cry for help, which is to like walk outside her house with like bloody crotches and babies. Um, you know, I don't know. I feel like that goes again, 
that goes above and beyond just like political protesting. And that is indicative of some sort of mental disorder. But again, she deserves it. She deserves Amy Coney Barrett deserves not to have any peace. And she deserves not to, to worry about her children. You know, she has like eight children. And I think the youngest one is very young, like very little. Um, you know, she sh- she shouldn't feel safe in her home, you know, and that's OK because she deserves it. Now, if someone were to go outside of, let's say, George Stephanopoulos's home or um, who's that fat one? Tater. Um, Stelter. Stelter. If yeah. you if they, if you were to go outside that their home or or let's say you were to let them know your opinions if they were out for a certain evening, let's say they went to a restaurant with their family and you want to yell at them and say, you've, you're, you're a monster. You're destroying our country. If you do that, you, you should be arrested and put in jail forever. I mean, it's funny to, to um, remember back under Trump when Trump would like point at the media and make fun of them and everybody be like, we hate you. Screw you. And the media was like, so upset. They were like, Oh my God, this is so terrible. They're getting, people are going to be violent against us. But they have no trouble like dehumanizing and fomenting violence against the, their political adversaries like Amy Coney Barrett or, you know, suggesting that it would be super funny to like, I don't know, push Lauren Boebert around a little bit or sure. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Isn't that funny? Yuck, yuck, yuck. You know, and I, I mean, mean, Marjorie's little, too. I mean, I tower up. I mean, I'm tall, but they're, they're, they're small people. It's they don't deserve to get to get bullied. It's just fascinating that, and I mean, Lauren okay. Bober, this was 830 at night. Wasn't like, you know, the middle of the afternoon. She could have been walking out by herself or with a staff member at 830 and confronted by these thugs. That's exactly what they are. Thugs, um, you know, harassing her and confronting her, getting in her face. That didn't happen on January 6th to anyone. I mean, this was the, the drama. The January to normalize. But it's again, it's to normalize doing You're political right. violence to your enemies and punishing anybody, you know, your political enemies for trying to object to your political violence. It's a circle. Um, that's re- that's the only way it makes sense to me. Um, well, they and, have and really- um, protesters outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house again yesterday. I mean, just right on his doorstep, basically. It's a federal offense to do that. Yeah. The DOJ should arrest those people and they're not. And but would they arrest somebody outside Sotomayor or Kagan's house or Breyer's house? Yes. Or any of these D.C. district court judges who are holding political prisoners for, you know, almost for two years. Before what would they happen if file. somebody tweeted out the home addresses of all those judges? Right. Like on J6. And I'm not I do not advocate that at all. I think that's disgusting. I don't think. I do not think people should be made to feel unsafe in their homes. No. It's not, not, it's not a part no. of the issue. Full no. stop. But what I'm saying is that if somebody did tweet out, put on Twitter the address, the addresses of the judges, the way that the addresses of, of Kavanaugh were put out there, ACB put out there, Clarence Thomas put out there, Alito put out there, what would, what would happen? Do you think that the DOJ would take no action or would they jump to action? Oh, you know. they would jump to, oh, and I mean, even if you posted it, I have posted just the phone number, the official business phone number of a few judges be, who, have, who are holding these men captive. 
And I even hesitate about that because you don't want a bunch of freaks calling these people and making threats. You can find it on the Internet. It's not like I'm doing anything secret. It's right there. If you go to D.C. District Court, here's how you reach Judge Trevor McFadden, who is a political, you know, captor. Here are, you know, Judge Tim Kelly. Very easy to find. But you also don't want to incite any type of harassment of them. Just let your views be known. That's what we're here to do. You have a lifelong judicial appointment. You're not, you know, you're totally unaccountable. I can at least tell you what you're doing is wrong. But what these people are doing is full out intimidation because they're trying to get, you know, sort of a weakling like Brett Kavanaugh to change his mind on the Dobbs ruling. This is full out. If there was ever any sort of obstruction of an official proceeding, I mean, this is it. It's conspiracy. It's all the charges that these people in January 6th are facing. Um, but no, where, where is local law enforcement? Why aren't they protecting the homes of Brett Kavanaugh? I think Clinton? they are. No, they are. They do have protection. But the point is that they need these people need, are breaking the law. They should be arrested. That's right. You know what I mean? Like you have there are there. They, they do have protection. Um, and I know I know people. I know that some of these um, SCOTUSes, they have friends that will protect them. I mean, they, they have protection. The protection isn't the point. The point is that this is illegal. It's illegal. It's not even gray. It's totally illegal to put pressure on a justice by protesting outside their house in a residential neighborhood. This is a federal law. The DOJ is not enforcing it. Okay. So right. that gotcha. is. That it's just that simple. It's that the DOJ is selectively enforced, you know, it selectively enforces their laws and they could stop it right away. It should have immediately been stopped the first day. They should have come there and rounded everyone up and said, if you come back, we will fucking we will arrest you. We're not right. joking. Right. And it's we will deny hard. bail. You will yes, you will the, languish in jail because you are a threat to a sitting Supreme it Court. Is, justice. It is it is critical for our system that that we do not that this is not allowed so it's a structural it's essential to this our, our our functioning that people don't think that they can bully our our appointed judges into making legal decisions that 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 the bullies want that it's so essential that not be allowed and yet the doj is just letting it go and so what happens it, it's going to keep going instead of the first day just saying we're not putting up with it we're throwing the book at you. This is absolutely unacceptable. And the message instead is, and how long did it take the the president? I don't even know if he's even, well, he doesn't look at me, not the president. I'm saying air quotes. Oh, my God. Take, take that out of your mouth immediately. You know, the, the collective that's operating the puppet strings, that, you know, is Joe <laughs> Biden. Have, have they even said, like, this is bad? Like, don't do this? Nope. No. Hmm. There's so, not going to work. But meanwhile, is at least we have the FBI raiding the homes of people who signed off fake electoral college certificates, like held actual press conferences for the stunt, sent them to the National Archives as like a political stunt. At least the FBI is hunting down those people, raiding their homes, stealing their devices, like torturing them and their families. Meanwhile, the freak shows in front of Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh's house, they're fine. I mean, this system can, is not sustainable. I know we keep saying it over and over. You cannot have two 
egregious. I mean, Liz, they're laughing at us, right? It's not even that DOJ and the FBI is like, oh, gee, I hope no one's noticing. They're shoving it in our faces. Like, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're not doing. And you idiots can't do a thing about it because there is no one to do anything about it. We are stuck with Republican senators who are selling out their own base to sign on to a ridiculous um, gun, what, gun safety bill that is going to give DOJ, uh, what, give the FBI $100 million. They're giving the FBI. I want, okay, so let's let's pivot and talk a little bit about this bullshit gun bill. And I want to just, again, let's take, I want to take a step back. Right now, the Democrats are probably in the worst political position they've been in in like 30 years. They are not only did everything Trump say would happen has come true, right? He said, if Biden wins, you know, your gas is going to go up inflation, all that. Not only has that happened. And again, being having worked in politics for so long, being a pollster, like constantly measuring what is important to people, what are the most important issues to people, you know, almost always the most important issues to people are the ones that are closest to them. Nobody's going to make a vote based on like the law of the sea treaty or cap and trade. They make votes because their groceries are more expensive, because their gasoline is more expensive, because they can't buy a house, right? So the Democrats are in a terrible, terrible, terrible position right now electorally. There is no reason whatsoever to give in to anything that they want. There's no reason to make a deal. There's no political benefit to make a deal right now. They don't need to. They can say, fuck you. We're not going to, none of these things would stop any school massacre, will not have any effect on gun crime or gun violence. We're not going to do it. They could say that and it would not hurt them. And yet they did not do that. They have signed on to a bill that, gives money to each state to set up some kind of red flag system. So what a red flag system is, is some kind of, well, I guess it would depend on state to state, but allows people to contact law enforcement if you're worried about somebody um, and that they might, I don't know, be violent with their firearm. So you could call up and be like, hey, um, I think this guy is going to snap or this chick is going to snap. But if you're on the right and used to being politically persecuted, you can see how this can go sideways super fast. <laughs> Just imagine a your neighbor who, you know, a, a neighbor like Rand Paul's neighbor who broke his ribs, said he didn't like Rand Paul's politics. You can see how this is going to be used very punitively, okay? There's no due process. People immediately would have their firearms taken away by a judge and it would be ex parte. So there's no... Like, you don't get to defend yourself. You don't say, hey, I never met this person. I don't know what they're talking about. You you have no attempt to defend yourself. You just get your firearms taken away. Um, and that's basically depriving you of, uh, you know, your civil liberties without due process. It's very, very un-American. And yet this is what our fucking idiots in the Senate have agreed to. There's 14 senators who signed on to this and included in this is a hundred million more dollars for the FBI, which is just like off the rails, right? They're just they're just off the rails now. So just really bad all around. Uh, I don't know. That's my opinion. Julie, no, what, what say you? It is. I mean, I I could not believe when I was reading through the bill how this not only gives the FBI DOJ all this money, it empowers the DOJ on many levels 
to determine, you know, what the guidance is going to be, not just for the mental health um, grants, et cetera, but for these so-called red flag laws and how they're going to put that language together. Um, but this is the same DOJ that is threatening life in prison for people who walked into the Capitol building because they were wearing military garb. This is the same DOJ, the same judges, Liz, who are confiscating the firearms of people charged with misdemeanors. This happened to, most recently, Ryan Kelly, who was the uh, is a Republican candidate for Michigan governor. He finally, 17 months later, just happened to be arrested and charged the day of the January 6th Select Committee Network extravaganza. He's arrested 17 months later, charged with the three most common misdemeanor, low-level petty offenses, but a D.C. judge, and here's the problem, it's not going to a Michigan judge. This is all run through D.C. courts, which they could do whatever. You're a suspected terrorist, you're a threat to, we're going to adjudicate everything in this certain uh, jurisdiction. A D.C. judge ordered his firearms to be confiscated. On what planet does that happen, a man who lives in an Another state on charged misdemeanors get his firearm confiscated at the same time, Liz. By the way, all of these families uh, suffer, in, endure death threats like you can't imagine. As soon as their name is published in the newspaper, especially local papers, these people are getting death threats. They're getting harassed at their homes. Their children are getting harassed. The last thing they need is to have a judge sitting in fucking D.C. taking away the only way they can protect their family, leaving them completely vulnerable. So this is the same sort of thing. This is the slippery slope, right? So it won't even be you're charged with a misdemeanor for walking into the Capitol. You said something nasty on social media. You're promoting disinformation. You are threatening lawmakers because you say we need to run them out of office. Take your pick. That's exactly where this is going. And to have these 14 dunces, and let's be honest, Liz, John Cornyn could be one of the stupidest men in the U.S. Senate. And that's saying a lot because Lindsey Graham is there and, <laughs> and Mitt Romney <laughs> is there. Okay, these are stupid people who are not really employable anywhere else except the U.S. Senate because they have huge numbers of staffers who tell them what to say, run their schedule, Give them talking points. They don't even know what the hell is going on oh, no. in real they, America. They don't do anything except call. They just make fundraising call donors all day. It's their right. staffers who actually do all of the like actual legislating. So, I mean, John Cornyn, it's very likely he hasn't even read the bill that has John Cornyn's name on it. Joni Ernst, moron. Okay, could you even sit and have a conversation with her? Have you ever seen an interview with her? I mean, Lindsey Graham is just a snake, but go through the list of people. Richard Burr, I mean, plus these people are setting up their post. Well, he'll probably get arrested, so we don't have to worry about him. But the people who are retiring, leaving office, Burr, uh, Portland, uh, Portman, uh, Toomey, who's the other one who's leaving? There's four of them who signed on. They're setting up their po their K Street post, you know. Right, exactly, exactly. They Remember, are. There's like, yeah, there's like no business. There's no like golden parachute for people that have a populist, like come in with like a populist attitude, right? They don't have like a corporate golden parachute, K Street golden parachute, defense contracting golden parachute. So, you know, a lot of these people on the way out when they hit eject, you know what I mean? They like make their little nest before they right. leave. And these other people, 
you know, I'm sure that they were told, well, you're not up for re-election, right? So, so you can do it. And then by the time you are up for re-election, people will not remember. You know, they'll forget. They won't. You know what I mean? Right, they, they because John Cornyn just got, re- he just got re-elected in 2020. Lindsey Graham just got re-elected. Joni Ernst just got re-elected. Mitt Romney, who cares? He knows he's probably finished. I don't know. Utah's so weird. They could re-elect him. Who knows? But, I mean, these are not people. I think the only one is Lisa Murkowski, but I think she probably knows she's going to lose anyway. So what's the point? But, I mean, these are not people with anything on the line. Um, and to your point, Unfortunately, their constituents are going to forget about this, you know, five years when it's time for them to run for re-election. It's really, but Liz, a funny thing happened today on the way to the Republican sellout gun safety bill, which was what? Oh, yes. So the Supreme Court did us a solid today and overturned New York's like convoluted gun control uh, legislation that basically claims that you don't have a right to like keep and bear arms outside your home. So like these states that are anti-gun or run by anti-gun nuts, they really do some contortion to make, to like claim that there's how their laws of their state are consistent with the second amendment. And so, um, and so the, they had previously argued that you have the right to keep and bear arms like in your home, but you can't like carry it outside your home which is kind of like at least half of the issue. I mean, you would want to be able to carry a gun with you if you need it for self-protection, especially in New York, which is like so dangerous. New York City is like just New Jack City right now at this point. So with the court, this gun case went all the way up. It's a very, very important case like Heller, which basically reasserted that it is an individual right and not the right of like some militia. That's another thing that the uh, gun grabbers say is the Second Amendment refers only to a militia but not a person. And Heller determined that it actually is the individual right. And so now this case just, again, affirmed that, yes, the right to keep and bear arms means it is outside your home. You can't make a law saying you cannot carry a firearm outside your house. And it's funny. I mean, I just saw a little bit of this on Twitter before we started taping. You know, the usual people with their, like, gnashing and their wailing and lamenting about how there's just going to be so many more shootings. And it's like, do you think any gun laws like stop would stop any of these like weekend gang shootouts or, um, you know, the Uvalde guy? You think he was going to be like, hey, you know, maybe I don't go shoot all these children up because there's a law that says I shouldn't do it or I can't. I There's a law that says I don't have the right to carry a firearm outside my house. You know, there's just so much idiocy going on. But so, yes, the court did did well. Now, we still have a couple issues out there. I don't think, I think they're done today. They're, they're going, I think, Monday is the last day. Right. For I think they have something on Friday, too. I think they yeah, added. I, yeah. They they're added right. Friday, they're, right? They're, they're added a day. So, basically, here's what you need to do. If you live in a city, you want to get ready, okay? You got you got to get ready. You should be get. you should have been getting ready already. But right. You need to get ready if you're near a city or if you're near a place where um, there is a lot of activism because these people are going to go bananas. It's going to be like the summer of 2020 all over again. When Um, the Dobbs ruling comes out. Yes, exactly. That's right. Well, this ruling today, though, sort of like this lights a match, too, right? It's priming the pump, but it's not. 
but it's not, I, I think this is not, they're focused mostly on the um, abortion. Well, I'm not saying that nobody's going to, people aren't going to do anything. I'm just saying that I think the abortion decision is going to be much bigger. Um, they've been getting ready. They're doing the, oh, again, yeah. we talked about the dress rehearsals outside ACB with like their little costumes with, I, I just looked at that. I was, I was home. I was in Vegas with my mom and I just, even my mom, who's like a big lib, she was just like, what are, what are they, do? what is that? And I'm like, that is what happens when you need mental health, health, help, help. You know, there's a cry for help. Um, also, just a breaking news. I have to mention this because this is one of my big things. I know. Right before, right before we started the tape, the FDA has banned Juul vaping devices from the market, which I'm almost positive they don't have the authority to do that. Like they do not think, have. The I would think to not. Pull. You can't pull. A, you can't just randomly pull a product off the market. It's not elite. Nicotine is not illegal. Okay. Cigarettes. They're trying to. This is a weird thing. These. These. This is what I think. I. I the, the political activities of this administration are not consistent with someone who is with people who are worried about gaining public support for like another term or another reelection or for their political agenda. I think these people know that they're fucked and they are going to do as much possible like before that they're kicked out. Right. And so one of the things that the Biden administration did earlier this week, they started talking about regulating nicotine and they want to make lower the level of nicotine in cigarettes. Now, Julie, you used to smoke, right? Yes. And, you know, once in a while I might sneak one today. But, you know, you, so, you know, nicotine is like caffeine, right? It's it's a stimulant. Yeah. Um, and it's not carcinogenic. OK, so you people don't get cancer from nicotine. They get cancer from all the chemicals and the tar that are in cigarettes, which is the way in which people get their nicotine. And so there are other products on the market, you know, like vaping. Vaping is one, but really patches, gum an inhaler that has nicotine for people to get their nicotine without the poison part of it. Okay. Um, but the poison, the poison part of it actually is the fun part of it, but go on. Well, it is, but that's why I think (laughs) e-cigarettes have been so much more successful than like a patch or the chewing gum is that it's, it's very similar to smoking. You're inhaling, you're exhaling. You've been around me. You know, I look like a dragon because I have a big vape. It's like a big, <laughs> heavy vape. I look, I literally look like a dragon unless I'm self vaping with my jewel, which apparently they're going to deny me little fuckers. Right. Um, right. So, but, but the Biden administration or the FDA has decided they're going to lower the amount of nicotine in cigarettes. Each cigarettes, you know, if you don't know anything about cigarettes, you know, you have like the, like marble reds or camels or unfiltered. And then they, they have varying degrees allegedly of nicotine in them to like lights, ultralights. So what the Biden administration wants to do is just lower the amount of nicotine in the cigarettes, in each cigarette that you can get. The problem is all you're going to do is just smoke more to get your nicotine. So you'll be getting the same amount of nicotine, but even more tar and, and poison because instead of having five cigarettes, you're going to need to have 20 cigarettes to get that same amount of nicotine. It's really like, it's not even useless. It's actually harmful. But I think if we had to sum up the Biden administration in a phrase, 
that would actually be the phrase, which is not not even useless, but actually harmful. So right. they announced their cigarettes plans earlier this week. And now today there was rumors. There was a Wall Street Journal article yesterday saying they were going to ban Juul. And now they are have co- announced to pull Juul off the market. Now, Juul is an enemy, has been a big enemy because kids have been using it. Um, they're very popular. Uh, they made fruit flavors that you could use. A Juul is a great device for somebody who wants to quit smoking. And people who have come to me and ask, you know, want to quit smoking, ask me what they should use. I immediately tell them to use a Juul. It's very similar to smoking. And that's super important when you're getting somebody off of cigarettes because basically they're getting nicotine and they're not getting all of the tar and the carcinogens that are in com- inhaling something that's combustible. So now the FDA, they're just going to take it off the market. Now, Juul did get rid of their flavors because the FDA wanted everyone to believe that you know, having flavors like mango flavor, Juul was making like kids was really directed for kids. But the fact is that when people quit smoking, they don't use tobacco flavored e-juice. That's disgusting. People use like root beer or, you know, you I, I use also like disgusting. also disgusting. No. Well, there's a lot of stuff that's you can't honestly degustibus non disputandum s, right? You can't there's no accounting for taste. People will vape whatever flavor they want to vape that keeps them off of nicotine. And so I support that. Like I said, I'm a fan of strawberry ice cream. That's what I vape. I make it myself. Come get me, fuckers. I wow. Oh, you're nicotine in a deep freezer. So go fuck yourself. No, I knew this was going to happen. Anybody who pays attention to the federal government knew exactly what was going to happen when vaping started, when e-cigarettes started. Um, and it's unfortunate because it is such a great it, harm reducer, you know, and so we'll see where this goes. I know Juul is going to oppose it. Personally, I don't use a Juul regularly, um, but I do support people to quit smoking with a Juul. And I think if kids are getting vaping devices, and by the way, teen vaping is way, 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 way down. But if kids are getting their hands on vaping devices, then that's a retail problem. Okay, that's not a manufacturer problem. People who sell it need to be prosecuted because they're not supposed to sell it to kids. Anyway, <clears throat> enough about that. Enough about the my pet peeve. No, it's still interesting, but I think we should explore it later because I am sort of fascinated by how just one bureaucratic agency, again, can just, you know, end the business, big business. And, but based on what? Is this based on well, science you, and data? It's Has funny. It been told it's, over and over? It, no, there is no science data. And I want to just go full circle and mention a name that we often hear have spoken about and spoken poorly about, which is that that is Scott Gottlieb can really take a credit lap for this because nobody has demonized e-cigarettes more than Scott Gottlieb when he was in there charge. Go. There it was go. Scott Gottlieb. I mean, you see these same clowns keep popping up over and over again. And when Julie and I say things like it needs to be nipped in the bud, it's because you have these like cockroaches like Scott Gottlieb that just keep popping up over and over again in the bureaucracy to like fuck your shit up, you know? Yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm right. <laughs> Um, So going back to this ruling today, which has the left just completely melting down, we're going to see more calls to dissolve the Supreme Court or pack the court or whatever. But this was very interesting. So this is part of what Alito wrote today. Um, Let's see why. And I guess he's confronting uh, Judge Breyer. Why, for example, does the dissent think it is relevant to recount the mass shootings that have occurred in recent years? Does the dissent think that laws like New York's prevent or deter such atrocities? 
Will a person bent on carrying out a mass shooting be stopped if he knows that it is illegal to carry a handgun outside the home? How does the dissent account for the fact that one of the mass shootings near the top of its list took place in Buffalo? The New York law at issue in this case obviously did not stop that perpetrator. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. And I think that's something that gets lost in the mix because the left is always appealing to people's emotions um, and not reason. And so they're like, oh, the babies were killed or babies were shot. Well, not all babies. Some babies being killed is not as fine with them. But, you know, talking about the school shooting, oh, these little kids or back to Sandy Hook or to these other horrible school shootings. You have to remember, these are people like it's already illegal to murder people. So the question is, you know, are these laws against firearms going deter? You know, are they actually a deterrent? Is somebody not going to carry out a crime because it is illegal? Um, you know, there's a fine balance here, at least theoretically, in the United States between giving people freedom, but, you know, but also not enabling, you know, people to you know, civil civil liberties violations or murder or crime. Right. There has to be a balance. And the point is that all these gun grabbers are doing are are taking away people legal people's legal right free people innocent people their right to fight own firearms and protect themselves for the sake of bad people who are going to use that in a bad way and there's like no there's no balance right there's no concern it's like the left only doesn't matter how much violation and how much how many civil liberties violations are involved if it stops something they don't like from happening or right. not even, or if they claim it does. So they're like perfectly fine with having these red flag laws and having people's firearms being taken away without due process and, and you know, like as an act of retribution, right? Because that's, this is going to be used in, as an act of ret retribution. I mean, how many, how many people, like how many calls people are getting ready to call like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert to have their guns taken away from them right now? Like already, you know what I mean? Like no just doubt. as retribution, Right. This is right. this is how it's going to play. And the left is actually fine with that, you know, as long as it gets their desired outcome and the desired outcome isn't less actual gun violence. There's there's no good faith effort here to try and figure out why why we're having people do this. There's no no attempt at that whatsoever. It's well, only it's only these cosmetic feel good knee jerk things. Well, and. Plus, this is all happening with the backdrop of the criminal behavior of police, law enforcement in Uvalde. And as we are learning what these officers did and didn't do, how they, as the, um, I think he was the Texas, I don't, there was testimony this week in Texas, noting how these police officers in riot gear with weapons, with um, bulletproof vests, instead of going in to save the children and the teachers who were there, stood down as cowards that they were. And then the horrific story of the police officer who rushed to the scene after getting a text from his wife, a fourth grade teacher, I got shot, I'm bleeding, I'm dying. He tries to enter the school. This is the same police officer, apparently, who does a lot of the um, drills in schools and teaches other officers how to handle a mass shooting uh, event at a school. 
he tries to rush in. He's like tackled by other police officers and they confiscate his gun. And this beautiful wife of his lays in her, dies in that school. And he has no chance to rescue her. That was what happened there. A complete failure. Just like we've seen over and over. Parkland, Columbine. I mean, name a school shooting situation, really, where you had police officers swarm in to protect children. Um, That is what happened in Uvalde. Nothing in this bill addresses that. Absolutely nothing. Also, they take... they, they they are so worked up when you say something like, well, maybe the teachers should carry a gun. You know, there's, I guess, school, most schools, I don't know if that's a federal law. It wouldn't surprise me if it were, but um, that schools are gun-free zones, right, except for the, the school resource officer, if there is a school resource officer. But I don't understand why you wouldn't allow teachers to carry guns. And I, I know a lot of leftists, like, they clutch their pearls and they think this is just such a terrible idea. But these teachers are out in public in other places and they could be carrying a gun and you don't know, right? I mean, you could be in a grocery store in a checkout line and a teacher is behind you waiting to check out and they could be have their they could have a concealed gun with them. You know, right. wh- why would you not want uh, someone who is trained with a pistol to have a firearm in their classroom? I mean, it, it makes no sense. I'm it not, is the and look, only. If you, don't, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Believe me, the wor- worst thing you could have is somebody that is afraid and not comfortable with a firearm. That is a recipe for disaster. But if if a, somebody is in the classroom, they're a teacher and they are, you know, c- capable with their firearm and they've been trained, why not? Why not? Well, here's the thing. I mean, so my daughters both have attended public schools here in the Chicago suburbs, both big public schools. I mean, the high school is like 4,000 students. There's a police car parked outside of the school. There's police officers, a couple inside the building. But Liz, we're talking about a huge building, right? That goes on and on with different, you know, levels and, you know, takes up a huge area. Well, if one, if you're a school shooter, somehow you get in and you can, they don't have metal detectors in my school. They do in the city, but they don't at ours yet. Um, if you're at one side of the building and you know the cops are lingering around the lunchroom or wherever they are, that's right. You can easily wipe out how many kids and teachers before these cops, even if they try to get there. Uh, so that's why you would need strategically. We need these, whoever they are, these men, women, trained and armed, certain areas of the school, because if this happens. There's no way even the armed officers who are in the building or outside the building are going to get to that area in time. So that's right. the only solution. It is the only solution. I mean, it's you can have lots. Too. I mean, it's right. a lot of that's these right. shooters want to go. They just want to have the most. They want to go out in a blaze of glory. They want as many casualties as possible. And they know they can go into a school and they're going to face almost no resistance. And so if they know that it's basically a wild card, if they walk into a school, whether someone is immediately just going to take out a gun and just shoot them in the head before they get, you know, a couple shots off, that is a big, huge deterrent because it's just like the air marshals where you don't know who's an air marshal and you don't know if there's one on your plane and you just and that's out there. And that's a risk that if you want to do something, you have to take. Well, it's the same thing with the school shooting if you don't know whether a teacher in any given classroom has a firearm. You and that is a deterrent. And for some reason, 
It's like we are not allowed to breach that as an option. And yet, and yet these are the same people that are perfectly comfortable with police having guns while at the same time screaming about defunding the police, right? I mean, it's just like there's so many contradictions. You see that this is strictly an emotional issue for the left, and it is an emotional issue because they want to disarm people. That's why. It's for no other reason. This is strictly about saying things so people are disarmed and that it's harder and harder for people to, um, you know, to defend themselves. And to so they'll use themselves. any appeal to emotion. And now it's not even a matter, honestly, let's, let's be honest. It's not just a matter now of defending yourself against criminals. This government, this regime and every institution tied to it, including at the state level, has is basically declaring war against half the country. That is not an overstatement. It is happening in real time right before our very eyes. All you have to do is look at how this committee and this DOJ are collaborating to go after and eventually in my what I feel is charge Trump for um, either conspiracy or obstruction. That will happen before the election. This is my prediction to incite the same sort of violence that we saw in 2020 um, on the other side. Uh, but also a lot of the anger and uprising we saw on January 6th. They want this, but you cannot go along with disarming citizens who are at great risk of being um, of of being targets by their own government. Very powerful. I'm not saying that you know you you, but but you can't just give up your guns and have the government or see the regime or whoever it is see this happening making yourselves as collectively completely vulnerable to whatever they want to do. Right. No, it's, it's, um, you mean, that's the, that's the point. That's the purpose. And that is also really at the heart of everything that we see the left does. It's none of it is actually what they say it is. It's always for some other, for some other reason. So it's like, we're not having hearings to really find out what are the holes in the security so we can make sure our capital is secure? That's that's not a, that's a lie and that that they're not interested and they're not interested in curbing gun crime either. And they're not interested in, quote, women's health or women's reproductive health or um, any of the other things that they say they are. The, everything that the left is putting forward is just a means of control of a means of controlling people um, and controlling people and preventing them from objecting to that control that should come down the come down the line. And look, the second amendment was enshrined and is to be protected, not so you can defend yourself against carjackers, you know, on Michigan Avenue. It is so you can protect yourself against a government that turns on you, which is where we are. I mean, these are things, Liz, I never thought even a few years ago I would be saying. But, you know, when you see what these agencies and institutions are willing to do, are capable of doing, and no one is there to stop them, that is why we have a Second Amendment. It's not just to protect ourselves from criminals. It's to protect ourselves from when this government, and they saw this, that maybe someday it would happen. They tried to put all the guardrails to prevent it from happening. But that's not where we are right now. Oh, terrible. Well, so we have a couple more days. We have tomorrow for the yeah. the, 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 the Supreme Court and then Monday. And I think Monday is the last day. So either we're going to get a fiery weekend or we'll get a fiery week 
Um, yes. I'm, I mean, do you think that that since the leak, do you think any of the justices have changed their position from the initial draft that was leaked? I mean, I don't know. I, I you know, I view Brett Kavanaugh with a couple exceptions. Um, I mean, today's ruling, even John Roberts went along, which is pretty stunning. Um, but, you know, I I view him as being easily uh, intimidated after what happened to him and his family. And he's, you know, sort of a Roberts guy now. And um, if you could pick anyone, if he was on that side to begin with, who would flip? Would he? I mean, in a way, and I, I don't want to, could you blame them? I mean, these people have young families. They've got young kids. Well, yes, but also, like, if they do, then that's the new normal, right? That is then forever, that forever they will be owned by the, by the protesters. Because every single case, right, that comes before the Supreme Court, then they will have to either fall in line like Roberts has or, you know, have the people outside their house. I mean, it's it's a, it's it's the camel's nose under the tent. You don't you don't want to do it. And I want to think none of them have done it. But I mean, we we talk about what's going to happen when that that decision comes out. But it would be very interesting to think what happens if somebody switches and it doesn't go the way it doesn't go the way the right wants and it goes the other way. Right. I mean, there won't be violence. We know that, but. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, crazy, crazy times. Uh, it never ends, but I think too, we're going to see, you know, like we started the show with the hypocrisy and how here's the thing too. If you're Amy Coney Barrett or you're Brett Kavanaugh, if your homes had been protected the way, if these protesters had been repeatedly round up, arrested, denied bail, kept in jail, you cannot get out because you are threatening, you are intimidating this man and his family to change it. If that had happened, maybe they wouldn't have any inclination to change their, their vote on this, but that's not happening. So it, it's a collective effort, right? Oh, right. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, th- th- it, there's no doubt that the DOJ is not is not arresting these people and fo- following the law. And the White House is not condemning this vo- very vociferously because they agree with it. They agree with the tactic. That's why. It's just very simple, very obvious. Right. Right. So, wow. So well, that that happy no. Yeah. <laughs> Super happy, fun we times. Didn't even, we didn't even get into Joe Biden's follies this week, but, you know, we didn't even get into the bike fault, but whatever. My gosh. He's Our little a, Lance Armstrong can't stay on a bike. He's um, a, a sideshow at this point. Um, but Liz, it is summertime. We've got that going for us. It's I know. It's, gonna, it's swampy. It's swampy here. So It's lovely in Chicago, I have to say. So. Can come well, visit. All right. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot. Of, I used to live in Chicago and there's not a lot of good days. You know, it's like there's some good days, but then it, it's either freezing cold or swampy. So. Yeah. Well, we're not in the swampy. We're we're in a great stage right now. So I plan to enjoy it before uh, the um, bloodstained lunatics with their dead baby left dolls of your city. take yeah. over. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for tuning in this week. We'll be back 
next Thursday. If you haven't, subscribe at iTunes. Happy Hour with Juliet Liz. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.